0: Alrighty, just a quick intro here. Uh, Vince back on the pod for the first time in a while, which is really good here. So uh, we start by the the Manchester City news about their UEFA ban broke. uh, Well, the morning I woke up the morning to record this one and um, that was the news of the day. Um, So we talk a bit about that at the start just because that was a bit of a shocking one. Uh, And then we kind of roll into thoughts about the ongoing scandal in baseball as well. Uh, as there is this continuing rollout of news with that, as far as what players are saying around the league, and then probably the lack of lack of action from Major League Baseball and the uh, and the thoughts about people that have have about that. Uh, then more positive stuff we review a bit and how like the Oregon, du- Oregon Ducks football program is uh, progressing, um, which is a lot better than we probably thought uh, when we were last potting, probably. Well, when we were potting a year or so, um, or a couple of years ago now. Um, so just, yeah, a little bit more positive there. And then obviously some Liverpool and uh, English Premier League chat as well. And, you know, there's a little bit of Vince's fun day down at the Rose Bowl as well, which has a, a, capped a really good Oregon Ducks season. So, yeah, uh, there is a quick little interruption early in the pod where it's just the, the Mac overloaded because, you know, why buy an expensive computer when you... <laughs> Um, but yeah, it just it, it was a brief interruption where you you certainly notice when it happens. And then from then on, we don't it doesn't happen again. It just seems to happen once every every now and then I need to figure that one out. But um, yeah, it generally lets us record still. So anyway, let's crack into it. Cousin Podcast back with you. We've got Vince on the line for the first time in I feel like it's almost a year actually. Could be uh,
1: yeah my FaceTime thing said like September so maybe not quite that long but it's been a while. Oh Yeah, we, did,
0: yeah we might have done one. Yeah I, it's just I think I remember doing one not long after you visited it and I can't remember when you were in on last before that but it's been a while. Yep been too long. Yeah. Good to be back. We have chatted plenty and we've uh, <laughs> we've spent some time together in person in that time but yeah as usual it's like you always think oh yeah no it'd be very easy to do a podcast in person but then you just end up doing other things which is what you do when you're actually hanging out so um starts at ends starts it ends with beer drinking yeah that's what it was a lot yeah my my <laughs> trip to america in december was uh yeah incredibly toxifying for my body i think but it was good fun so it didn't matter um yeah yeah caught a few blazers games saw the goat down in eugene with sabrina and i'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit but Uh, Yeah, good trip. Uh, I miss my American sports. Anyway, we've got some breaking news this morning. Uh, Not that we're breaking it, but it's just we're going to talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Manchester City have uh, been dealt a big blow from UEFA, which I'm not sure if I was expecting. I remember this investigation seems to have been going on for a couple of years. And I I thought it had kind of fizzled out and they weren't going to do anything. And then suddenly I wake up this morning to this news that um, they've been slapped with a two-year ban from all European competition. Which of course, for Manchester City's interest, is the UEFA Champions League. Um, they've obviously come out straight away and said that they're going to appeal it because it's a um, prejudiced prejudice process, and UEFA were always were you know always going to come down on them. Which I I think I. I don't know why that's news to them. <laughs> like you wafer if they're investigating financial fair play things, and that's what they're investigating. They're gonna they're gonna find out. But yeah, it's big news. Uh, obviously, appeals, withstanding and whatever. It's uh, it could be a big shakeup if you know. Just on the surface of it, right now, it's a big shakeup to the Premier League and and the Champions League because it's one of them big players out of the Champions League next year potentially, and um, means fifth place in the Premier League at the moment is now a Champions League spot too
1: yeah that's that's the biggest takeaway i found out of it as i quickly was like who's in who's in fifth right now because they could make out like gangbusters on this is it sheffield uh,
0: united is that who's? i it? think i think so like i know it's how a bit, wild would that be it's a bit of a log jam there and i'm chelsea and united are around this or chelsea are in fourth i think and um you get united and tottenham and um wolves i think are probably sniffing around in those spots too but yeah, yeah. it's it's sheffield united currently i'm 99 percent sure and yeah, it is, and Tottenham has a game in hand, but still. Yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty wild. It'll be interesting. I think now,
1: they enjoy, I agree with you, I I'd forgotten all about it. I remember hearing it a few years ago, I feel like at this point, a couple of years ago, figured nothing was going to come out out of it. It's Man City. Figuring eh, they'll just let it be. Uh, but, wow, they came down with swift justice, uh, which is kind of funny. Funny to see. And I saw now, just before we hopped on here, I noticed that now the Premier League's come out and said they're going to take take action as well so uh which i heard someone was saying that that could be point removal from this season which it's like ah you just remove remove two or three points from last year
0: (laughs) take that (laughs) i was gonna gonna say that would be that would be the season you'd want it um yeah yeah this season doesn't hopefully seem like it'll
1: matter too much but uh yeah pretty wild pretty you know and it's it's just crazy to see such a big name such a big team you know, a staple in the Champions League the last, what, oh, you know, nearly decade now, it feels yeah, like, yeah, uh, even though they can't, you know, they can't get that trophy themselves. But uh, it's just crazy to see someone get acted upon so swiftly. Uh, but we'll see the appeals process. I wouldn't be shocked if it goes down to one year, if not just the 30 million pounds or dollars, whatever, whatever they, whatever they, it equates to, and yeah. uh, we move on, but.
0: Yeah, I mean that's my question. Is uh, I look at the two year ban and I wonder if they've given two years, knowing that an appeal will come and that the court of arbitration might just split it down the middle and give them one year. Um, that two years does seem significant to me because I just I always thought I thought it'd just be crazy to see them get banned for one year. So this initial two year ban coming down is not at all what I was expecting. Um, UEFA must feel like they've got a pretty good case uh, with the. It depends how they've, the evidence has come about. I don't know if all the evidence that I've seen was from that dispute like that German newspaper that came out with all the evidence, like the emails that they supposedly had sourced about how they were funneling, funneling funds, like the family that owns city, essentially were funneling funds into sponsors that were basically owned by them and they're putting too much money. I think I was trying to give you a, a, a bad example off air, but just basically if, some tire company was sponsoring liverpool for and giving them five million and every other company every other club had a sponsor the the tire company that was sponsoring them and they were giving around five million the tire company that was sponsoring Manchester city was giving about 50 million by comparison. like they were just it was too i think their case was built on the fact that these sponsors were giving more than the appropriate or what was the understood amount that a sponsor of that nature should like they wouldn't have that much money to give as a sponsor so they were obviously getting that money from the family that owns the club and then pumping yep. it, and so it was like all the all that kind of stuff. And, you know, companies that were owned by the family sponsoring the club and just putting too much money into it, which was essentially then the family, if that is what they're doing, it's the family pumping their own money into the club, which is what Financial Flare players designed to stop. So if that is what they've done, I don't know what kind of case they've got. If they've got evidence to that, that the family's been putting far too much money into the club by the via these sponsors, then there is no case there for City. Um, whether an appeal or just like the court of arbitration, we'll just go look one year, just let's just call it that. Um, and the city will probably, would, you know, you'd have to take that because two years, one year, they can probably, if they're, they're coming into a period of time where they're going to be rebuilding anyway. Aguero's what 32, 33, you know, there's a lot uh-huh. of David Silvers 30, 31, 32. They've got a lot of guys, you know, Vincent Company's already gone, like they're about to enter a period where I think Pep might go in the next year, next year or two. Um, a few of these players will change over. They're kind of in this rebuilding process. They might be able to smooth over one year, like out of the Champions League, and just get through that. Two years might be a uh, bit harder to bring new players into, I think. So, yeah, it might be better for them just to, if they can appeal it down to one year and just take it. But I I think the family might be a little bit m- more egotistical than I am and want to just try and attack and get the whole thing going. So.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think there's a lot to what you said there about you know, I think this happens a lot in sports when when it comes to penalties and whether it's the NFL or anywhere that you levy a a punishment that's maybe more drastic than it's, than you know, it's going to be just so that when those appeals come, it can get watered down to what you actually think is fair. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to be said where you, you know, they're two years, but they know it'll get arbitrated down to one year. That, that would make a lot of sense. But, but yeah, if not, I mean, two years is a big deal for a team like that, that, You know, uh, to get the biggest players and biggest coaches in the world, like you have to be in that competition. We Liverpool fans saw that years ago. We saw people wanting to leave, wanting to get out because there was such a struggle to get back into the Champions League. So, two years is a long time to not be. It's a lot of transfer windows to not not have that uh, feather in your cap of yeah, well we play in you know we play in Champions League every single year. So Mm -hmm. it it, it's going to be an interesting story to watch unfold. Obviously, it's it's early, brand new, fresh fresh stuff but doesn't doesn't look good for him right now at least see 2 then oh my- no god no god please no 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 no
0: all right we had the not little uh technical mishap there with my my imac that should be fine deciding it's disk it was overloaded which just sounds like a personal problem. So, for the computer technology, so, <laughs> it can go fuck itself. We're going to keep going. Um, yeah. Vince was just finishing up on saying about uh, the financial fair play stuff. I think was the last thing um, he was chatting about just to see where it goes. Um, yeah, I, I lost my train of thought a little bit, but I, I was, I, I think I was thinking about just the precedent it sets for. Um, the rest of Europe, um, cause this financial fair play thing has been in for a few years now. I think twenty twelve it started as far as a rule that clubs and then clubs had a few year window that they had to, you know, bring their books down and then and get used to it essentially. Um tidy things up a yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> tidy things up a bit, yeah. Uh create some shell companies and whatnot, you know. Yeah, well City tried it the... and <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: That seems like uh, what they got caught doing here. Yeah.
0: Um but then you've you've got clubs like PSG that have spent big in the last couple of years. Um not quite to the level, I would say, but there's certainly some big, like Neymar and Mbappe them were two just huge purchases. Um, they fudged their way around, the Mbappe one getting him on loan for a year and then buying him the next year when essentially they got them and got him at the same time as Neymar. But, you know, if that's the deal that the, that the uh, other club wants to do, then, you know, fair play. Um, but, you know, PSG might be sweating a little bit depending on, because I don't know what, the, they, I mean, they've got some good sponsors there, but they're certainly in a lot smaller league as far as revenue goes. Um, mm-hmm. I know I see a lot of PSG shirts these days, but didn't see as many beforehand. I just, I don't know where their books would be at. So whether they're, whether they've got some questions being asked of them, I don't know. I don't know what cases have been, if there's any investigations going on in the background, but yeah, I don't know if they're, it's kind of like, we're, and we'll talk about the baseball thing after, but you know, you the Houston are getting tackled right now, but you know, you wonder, I've talked about it as Shay, like if there's any other clubs that have done some things over the last couple of years that are, sweat in the background hoping that the players don't keep talking you know um and you yeah wonder if there's any clubs in Europe that have got a similar similar record as far as their purchases go I was ta- I was talking about Liverpool with someone else and I was actually saying that I think they're like they're going to be fine cuz the the amount of money like their net spend this the last 5 years is under 100 million I think or it might be just a bit over cuz they've recouped so much money from sales which is is part of the financial fair play is like you you make money from sales and you make money from your revenue and sponsorships and whatnot, and that's what goes into buying players. So, luckily, Liverpool have just gotten lucky with, you know, buying Coutinho for 8 mil and and selling him for 140. And so, you know, things like that really help the case there. But, yeah, yeah, this is what UEFA want to set a precedent, I think, as far as, finally having financial fair play, getting respected. Um, so that would be where the court case comes down to is how hard UEFA want to make a case here to set the precedent for the next decade going forward as to how clubs manage their purchasing power and whatnot. And and then clubs like City obviously want to be able to um, stay at the top and they've needed to spend to get there. So it's, it's a real battle between uh, you know the ambitions of uh, of new cl- of clubs, especially uh, money coming in uh, versus versus what UEFA and um, and the European clubs want to do as far as you know, keeping keeping a reasonably fair playing field. It'll never be fair in European football because the big clubs got such a hold anyway. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see yeah, how this plays out.
1: If they're going to make an example out of someone,
0: other than maybe
1: Real Madrid, like this is the this is the club and current current landscape to do it too so
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what did so what did chelsea go down for a couple of years ago where they're they had their transfer ban but then it was very graciously lifted was that something separate than the fair play then
0: yeah that was um that was because they were buying they had about like that was something to do with the youth youth policy they had like they were buying they were doing some something to do with how they were purchasing youth players like um tapping them up and whatnot i think and then the fact uh-huh. that i think it was something to do with the fact they had like Put 30, 30 youth players out on loan to different clubs. Like it was just a, yeah. I can't. I remember reading about it at the time and had a bit more of a handle on it. But it, it wasn't. It wasn't financial fair play for Chelsea. No, it was something to do with how they were their youth, how they were buying buying young players. And because there's certain rules in place for when you're buying a player below sixteen. I think as to how you're meant to do it. And they just weren't doing mm-hmm. the right things as far as like, yeah. So that's why they had. And they yeah, I think they, their their ban was in for a. a, a window or two and then they had it lifted early still so yep yeah Um, yeah i feel like it
1: was similar like initially it was two years to four windows and now it got dropped down to two windows in one year so yeah yeah probably see something similar here but maybe not like you said if they want to send a message to all the other clubs out there and who knows what's transpired so far in some of those clubs you mentioned uh but if they want to stop it from happening in the future you come down hard on someone like man city and that'll
0: do it yeah yeah Exactly, and that's um, that's a good segue into the other scandal going on. Before we get back to sports matters, um, I've been talking about with Shay on the pod as, I kind of keep expecting this one to go away, and then I've realised it's actually just going to keep getting worse. The uh, the scandal in Major League Baseball with Houston, the Houston cheating thing, and and uh, it's a similar thing there. It seems like if, if Major League Baseball wanted to make an example, uh, they could for the future, and um, so far they're not really, and Houston aren't really uh, remaining a bit bullish and. We don't have to go over all the details that we have already on previous pods, but um, this is your first time on the pod since this is all broken. And I know you, you said off air that you've done a 180. And I, re- I remember responding to a tweet that you, because you had a tweet a few, probably a month back now, saying you just didn't give a shit about it. And that was a bit, that was at the start of it. And then I kind of responded and said, it's a little intriguing. And then since then, it just keeps getting, and I, you said before you've done a 180 because it's just, it's become so much bigger than what you you and I probably expected at first. Gone from a run-of-the-mill you know scandal that you would have thought just would go away and it's become su- something that's uh getting to the very heart of baseball and what baseball mm-hmm. is to people and what what it is as a as a game as a uh, as as far as your gentlemanly conduct goes within the game because it's getting a little starting to get a little dirty in the in the uh, trash talk off the field And you know, Cody Bellinger was very bullish today about how he feels about it and um, I think Ross stripling was saying he might he might hit players when he's pitching to them if they're involved in that team. Like, that's just, yeah. So, yeah, how, I mean, how are you feeling about it? I definitely wouldn't blame him.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty gross, and I, I just have a feeling that clearly, obviously the Astros perfected it, but I don't think they're going to come out as things keep unraveling. I don't think they're going to be the only ones. Uh, I won't be surprised if and when it comes out that the, the 2018 Red Sox were doing it. Uh, it's it's gross. It's so systematic. Is the problem at first when I first saw it? I, you know, I was like, oh, kind of seems like something everybody probably does has their hand in. But this just seems so much more calculated, so much more systematic. A whole program from the top down. Like, there's no way. There's a lot of people. There's people on that roster. They're that trying to say they didn't. Oh, I didn't know what was going on. Or the coach is like, oh, I could have done something to stop it. No, you were part of it. Let's mm-hmm. not. You know, let's not try to act like you just turned a blind eye or had no idea that this was going on. Um, it's like when college college football coaches try to say they didn't know some recruit was taking money or whatever. It's like, you know, everything that is happening in your program. These baseball GMs and, and managers, they know everything that is going on in their clubhouse. So to try to act like, oh, we didn't know this was happening. It's just It's just a joke. And to see the level, you know, it might've started as the camera in the outfield and banging some trash cans and, which is silly but also ridiculous. But then you start to see this stuff with players wearing devices, things like that, that jarring video of Altuve running in after the, the walk-off last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no way to disc- or to explain his behavior in that moment other than something something fishy was going on there. Uh, and it's just the longer I think I didn't care at first because I just one of those things you assume ah, everyone's doing it. But the the longer it's gone on, the more that's come out. And like you said, their bullish attitude about it it just makes it like it's just gross and it ruins baseball to to a, to a high extent, which is a shame. Uh You know, pitchers and, and catchers are reporting, and now to that I say, who cares? Because whoever's cheating the most is going to win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's disappointing. You know, you like to think that. Your sports are you know, a lot of people people want to harp on officials or conspiracy theorists and it's always kinda of silly. But when something like this comes out, it, it starts to add that shred of doubt to your to the league that you spend a lot of money to ingest or to go see in person and and that's that's pretty disheartening. So baseball, uh, they they better hold their ground on this one. And I think the penalties weren't harsh enough, the fact that no players are getting punished at all when they're clearly systematically part of this it's not like something that was forced down from the gm and the coach and everyone just had to fall in line or or you know take take the door out uh it's not that way they were just as involved they were they're just as big of a problem and the fact that they're getting immunity is is not okay to me
0: yeah yeah no it's it's that's what rubs me the wrong way beyond like the the astros just the organization uh, like i mean uh, it was a Jim crane yesterday saying it didn't impact the game and then it was like 50 seconds yeah. later he's like it may have <laughs> it's like they, they can't they can't even get their story straight like a month after they've had a chance to think about it so um yeah and then the players just the players just because they've been granted some immunity and they're, they're not really having to like they've you know some half assed apologies yesterday or whatever and they just seem to think that it's just going to go like the players themselves. Just seem to think it's going to go away, and it would, all it would take to at least start smoothing the process over is some of the guys like Altuve and whatnot coming out and saying, "Yeah, we really fucked like fucked up. Like this was we shouldn't have done this. We've uh, you know it's just they they just seem to be kind of apologizing for you finding out more so than with the actions. It seems to be the way they've, they're they they're dealing with it. It's like, oh, you know, sorry we got caught, rather than sorry we yep. did this. Um, yep. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that the Dodgers, the Dodgers really for a while there were just quite, you know, quite quiet about it, not saying too much, but it it seems to be the more it's developing, the more the Dodgers are getting pissed off. And, you know, Cody Bellinger today was um, saying, you know, he's, um, you know, he straight out said, if I hit a a walk-off run to get, get us into the World Series off of Roldis Chapman, I would have fucking torn my jersey off. That was, that he, he's Calling out or two saying that's weird, man. Like when you've got fellow professionals, you know league MVPs as well. Now, like you know, calling you out for things like that, it's just it's ugly for the game. Like to see this division and you know we like we like rivalries. We like players saying, ah, oh, you know, I want to, you know, you know. In the NBA, you know, you, you see all the trash talk between players is just about their on on court play. That's great. Rivalry is great. We love it. Um, we love it in every sport. But when a rivalry is about cheating and players being angry at each other for being unfair that's it's not that's not a rivalry anymore that's um you know unprofessional actions against fellow prof- you know you're all drunk mm-hmm. yeah and it's just it's just ugly to see you know it's, it's fascinating and i can't keep I can't, it's like a you know the old saying you know it's like a car crash that you just can't take your your eyes eyes away from because even though you don't want to be dealing with this you just can't you just can't stop i can't stop reading about it whenever something new comes up i just have to click on it because i want to know because it's it's just it's fascinating as a story of human human interaction interaction in sport like just people trying to get away with things while other people are just trying to call them out and i'm fascinated by it but it's it's ugly for the game and that's my main worry is where we go forward from this and that's where i i really I repeatedly could put the call on major league baseball to do something because they can do something right now. They can do it. Right. Yep. This second they can say, No, this is this has gone too far. There's too much, you know, you know, there's a lot of lot of muddy water there and a lot of anger and stuff. Like here's here's an actual punishment that's befitting of the crime that is they're apologizing for it now. They're admitting they're guilty. So it's not like they even have to do an investigation anymore. They can just yep. punish them for the crime and make it a punishment that is worth the crime.
1: Yeah, it feels like a pivotal pivotal moment for baseball. For them I'll be because it's in my opinion that, so if your your GM and your coach are going to get, well, basically suspended for a year mm-hmm. for something like this, a major scandal that allows you to win a world series, almost win two others, really. I mean, they've, they've been knocking on the doorstep for the last few years. And so if your punishment, if you get, get away with it or, you know, get caught doing this is that your, your coach and your GM each get a year. And then, you know, in this case, they ended up getting fired because of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Hinch ends up as the Astros coach with that Dusty Baker contract again. Um, like if that's your penalty, are you telling me you could go to m- most franchises and be like, well, you could win a World Series, maybe two, uh, but then you, you're going to lose your coach and get fined, you know. Well, I don't remember what the dollar amount was, but I think most clubs would do that. It was something
0: like $5 million. Like, it really wasn't yeah, that much. It's off of, nothing. Like, yeah.
1: The Astros got that in T-shirt sales alone from the World Series. Yeah. So. Uh, it's a dangerous press. You know, I think it's teams that uh, you're you're partial to yourself, the Yankees and the, the Dodgers are probably the ones that feel the most slighted right now. Uh, you know, as a Red Sox fan, depending on what comes of all this, that that term could be used loosely. Um, <laughs> I think if you're a Red Sox fan, you probably just want to want this to all go away pretty quick because they might be next. I wouldn't, you know, the, the the all signs point to maybe something fishy going on there. Uh, including Mookie Betts' M- MVP year, which seems like kind of an anomaly at this point. So, it I think we're just getting started with this, and I hope the MLB gets gets a little more bull- bullish about it and, and strips the 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 title from them. They can't give it to anybody else because you can't give it to the Dodgers because what if the Yankees were there and then who knows? You can't give it to anybody else. That and and as a as a fan of a. A team. It's not like I. You don't want someone to be given a champion. You that, that ruins the whole purpose of it. You don't get yeah. that moment, that that joyous time when it actually happens. So that would be nothing for really anybody. But but it definitely should. There should be no champion for 2017. And and who knows what other years at this point. Um, but it will also be kind of interesting too if, as this unfolds. If if more and more proof comes out that they continue to do it again, that Altuve video just. There's just something ir- that just irks me about that video. That I don't know how you describe it. That's the question I want
0: him to have to answer. Is
1: please rationally describe what that reaction was. Um, yeah, and don't but tell me. Being, yeah, don't tell me it's your.
0: That? Don't tell me it's your fucking wife doesn't like you taking your shirt off on TV. Like
1: yeah, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> uh, but if it does come out that they were, you know, they elevated it to electronic devices and things like that. And it comes out that the, the Nationals are, are clear of any sort of wrongdoing. Good for them. <laughs> yes, yeah. they took it yeah. down. Like, <laughs> pretty
0: impressive. I mean, that's the other interesting thing is it's come out that the Dodgers warned the Nationals like about the the Astros. Like, it seems like there was multiple clubs that for a long time actually knew about this, knew that there was something um, not just fishy but really egregious going on. Like, if that's true, that the Dodgers said, "Hey, like the team that's just beaten us to get to the World Series, hey, here's some info to try and like you know you know." try and work your way out of this situation because they're, yep. they're gonna they're gonna be on you guys with some information so you have gotta you gotta counteract that and whether the, and that will be interesting to see if the nationals come out and like if there's some documentary about their uh, world series win. And it's like yeah we knew that they were stealing signs so we had to be really inventive with our signs and constantly like have this system to change it up and that would be like fascinating to me if they had found a way to beat the cheaters before we even knew they were cheating like as a yep. as the public but um yeah i mean that's that's a more light-hearted way of looking at it because yeah the nationals did somehow win a world series against a team that likely was used I, I, the buzzer thing i just i think they would i think it was happening even though they say there was no evidence and stuff i just that picture of george springer with that random thing it was a george springer that had that little thing taped onto his chest and mm, yeah. yeah like what is that like what is that thing doing well this
1: it it's interesting now too because in today's like you watch any Any soccer mat, and I don't know how much it happens internationally, but it's silly enough. Like the US national teams or in the MLS, they're always wearing, you know, the men even are wearing like what are the sports bras that are basically the trackers, you know, for which obviously you don't need that necessarily in baseball, but it's interesting how easily something like that could be placed on any athlete's body because nowadays this all this technology exists where people can get their heart rate and and steps and how many miles, how many miles per hour they're running and all, mm-hmm. and all these crazy stats that you get now with these game, devices. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a real, there's no reason to think that you couldn't just slip another little, you know, chip in that, in that like sports bra type thing, whatever you want to call it, um, that could make it really easily, easy and easy to hide. So it's a, it's, it's an interesting Pandora's box and I want it to keep evolving, but I also want it to just go away kind of at the same time. It's, it's a weird dynamic.
0: Yeah, I think it's just I want to really know now, like, what happened because it's just become such a big story. And, the, yeah, the, obviously the Astros just keep keep just pushing it to the side and saying, yeah, we did something, but sorry, um, that's it. And so now, now that it's gone so far, I really just want to know. I just got this need to know that they were buzzers and have someone say, yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Or find out for sure that they weren't. And I don't know how we're going to find out either one because I don't think that until it, it, until some investigation can find out, it's probably not going to happen. So it's going to be one of those things that I'm just going to... Like when you're at a pub and someone says, oh, who was that guy? And it's on the tip of your tongue and you just don't know and you can't find out. Then you need have that desire to find out. That's what I've got with the, this buzzer yeah. thing and everything right now. I just need to know so I can let it go because my mind just... it just, It's, it's one of those stories that's going to... You know, 50 years from now, we'll still be talking about this and hopefully baseball will be a lot... Uh, it would be a lot a great sport still in fifty years and this won't have affected it too much and, and baseball has done something to fix it and we're all we're all in a good spot. But yeah, at the moment it's just it's it's ugly when yeah, you got pitchers and catches reporting and we this is all we're talking about and as Shay said on a previous pod, um we're talking about baseball in January, so it's done something for it, but it's not the not the right story to be talking about in January. You wanna be talking about just positive things or you just don't want to be talking about baseball in January really. Like you know. No. So yeah it's unfortunate, but yeah I think for Dodgers fans it's become it's <laughs> I don't most Dodgers fans I think are okay like uh, most reasonable Dodgers fans that don't want to see the title given to them they would i think they'd rather just see it vacated or just see you yep. know, appropriate punishments come down. that's all that anyone really wants. I find it interesting. I've got a Dodgers jersey in my closet that I bought that year that are in the World Series it's got the twenty seventeen patch on it, which I thought would just become a Sad piece of memorabilia, and now it's kind of interesting to have that now because it's it's being it's an iconic year in baseball, whether it's bad or good. It's um it'd be interesting, and it's a Kershaw one too, which he was lit up in a very important game in that that series where the Dodgers could have won that game and t- turned the tide, and then he suddenly got lit up, and that's another one I want to find out what happened in that game five. Like, was that a major part of that game five? Mm-hmm. That's like something I want to see just an investigation on that game alone. Because um, that was a turning point in the series when the Dodgers had a healthy lead and gave it up very quickly, with one of the best pitchers in baseball on the mound. So, yeah,
1: yeah, you know, I think they're going to be all right this year. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they might get their revenge and some this year. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, no, they they've got a stacked lineup. Um, yeah, no, they've, they've they've dealt with they've dealt with it healthily, I guess. Just get mm-hmm. be- just get better is always a good way to do it, do things in sports. Yep. Um, unless you're, unless you're Manchester City and getting better means spending half a billion money that you probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> anyway, we can talk about actual sports happiness. Um, it's been a while since we potted and there's a lot of things happened in the, uh, the duck sporting world, which, um, Shay's a little bit more happy to talk about ducks now that we're not going to college there and he doesn't want to just wind me up. So we do talk about it a bit, but <laughs> you're obviously the man on the ground there. You're wearing an Oregon shirt right now and, um, been to, been to some big games recently. Um. Now that you've had a bit of time, it's been over, well, almost two months since the Rose Bowl. Um, how was that day?
1: Oh, that was a good day. <laughs> Beautiful day. There's nothing I always tell fans of other other teams in the Pac 12, or you know, I'm not really exposed to many Big Ten fans, but Pac 12 fans around here, Washington, or Oregon State, or anybody, uh, not that I want to see either of those teams going to Rose Bowls, but I just tell you you gotta go. It's such a special, special place. Special day, special game, and the only drawback I see right now to the the playoffs and any sort of expansion is is that the the Rose Bowl does continue to get watered down a little bit when it's not in the semifinal or quarterfinal mix mm-hmm. uh, because it maybe isn't the best from each conference. Like in this case, you know, we didn't we didn't have Ohio State, probably a good thing. Uh, but <laughs> but the so I think it does take away from it a little bit in a national uh, landscape, but. Boy, For a Big Ten or Pac-12 fan, it doesn't really get any better. Uh, the game was obviously interesting. It, you know, wouldn't be a Duck game without some stress and heart attack and and panic. But it was a lot of fun. Really cool to see that <clears throat> that senior class go out that way. Uh, obviously, you know, Herbert has had his ups and downs. I've had my ups and downs with my feelings on him as a player, uh, but as a dude, as a student athlete, which I that term is funny, but uh, as, a, as a student of Oregon, as a man of Oregon, as they like to say, uh, it doesn't get much better than that. Maybe the only, only way it does get better is Troy Dye, who was just, he was incredible on and off the field uh, for the last four years. Really felt like he was the team leader. I know Justin led the offense, of course, uh, but to me, if I had to pick one leader, a heart and soul of that team, not just last year, but for the last four years, it would be Troy Dye and I think what he did for the university and in a time of, you know, a lot of, I guess, turmoil. It's funny to say that. Has, it's he, not had, really that has big.
0: he had three coaches? Was he, his freshman yeah. year was Helfrich? Yep. yep. Yeah, so yeah. They had went three, through three, three coaches. coaches.
1: Huh. Yeah. He went through four, four DCs, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, maybe two or three, two or three DCs, but yeah. You know, just turnover. You started out four and eight and, he was a leading tackler as a freshman, uh, which at the time everyone kind of thought, Oh, that's just, they were just down. And, but mm-hmm. he turned out to keep, keep getting better. Uh, um, and then not to mention that whole offensive line and all the other guys that, that came along with it. Uh, so that, that's a class, the, the class of, of 20, 2019, I guess, uh, special class for sure. Uh, one that hopefully in a handful of years we'll be looking back at with, uh, with a national championship trophy in our closet uh, thinking that this was the class that while they didn't win the most games of a four-year or five-year class, uh, they were ones that really, they kept things afloat and kept it from really spiraling out of control, which people forget you rewind back to the day, you know, what was it? Just, I think right around Christmas time when Willie Taggart left, we thought we'd gotten a guy like, all right, we got a guy, let's build. We had a good first year with him. Um, I guess it was early December, mm-hmm. and then he just bails on us after one year to go off to Florida State, and and at that point, it kind of things. It could have gone one of two or two ways. Uh, it could have really gone south fast on everybody, and obviously the right man got the job, and he's you can't say enough about Mario. But uh, that class has has just as big of a part in that as well. So, a fun a fun year, and I I think some fun exciting exciting times ahead
0: yeah and that's sort of the the big thing about this year is it's not just a this class didn't just you know they went through the hard times and then but this year was actually a really damn good year for like we became nationally relevant again like there was a lot of games mm-hmm. like i mean i judge like there was a couple of years ago where i think i got one game on my espn in australia for the entire year and i can't remember what it was probably a washington game and we probably lost as well um but yeah. you know it was, it was just really like i whereas this year i think um I, there was four or five games on ESPN here that were Oregon games, um, and just the yeah they became nationally relevant again for a few weeks. I mean, you know, we lost that game against Arizona State, unfortunately, which just took away that any inkling that we could get it in, sneak into the playoff, which was probably look well, we we probably weren't we weren't going to go beat Clemson or um or LSU, I don't think. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, probably a good in hindsight as far as just the development of the program to be in a Rose Bowl and get a win against a good team. Um, and just, you know, continue building that positive momentum. And not that not that being in the playoff wouldn't have been positive. But, um, you yeah. know, yeah, this team was, you know, I was listening to just all like, uh, you know, I'm a, just a big listener of all different kinds of podcasts. Who were, um, and there was a lot of just a lot of the talking heads on those podcasts was just talking about, you know, don't sleep in Oregon. You know, they're playing some really good football out there, you know. And just t- talking, you know, they were taking notice of the how our program was developing, uh, what Cristobal was doing, the way it was kind of changing the culture, you know the chip kelly years were fucking fun uh um, mm-hmm. we were an exciting team but you know it was a big knock we were a bit small and you know we just couldn't qu- couldn't quite hang with those big teams we're still not quite there yet but i think crystal ball is really bringing a uh an sec mindset and trying to fuse that with that you know that Pac 12 kind of that that there's that like he's trying to get us a little bit bigger and just trying to get us to be at a more contend with those big teams and and be able to fight in the trenches, as well as and as well as just be, you know, be the Oregon we know as well, and score points and, yep. and play some good football. And that's what it's really like. What was really exciting for me to see develop this year was our defensive solidarity. And we had some games down the stretch there that we we leaked some points. You know, for the first few weeks we seemed really tight, and then you know we just had those games that we gave up some big totals that we weren't probably really expecting. But in general, you could just see the development there and in a mindset. Um, you know, and obviously we had a good senior class there that was. A uh, big part of that, and we've got to recruit well in the next few years. But looks like we've got a good classes coming in. So,
1: yeah, you touched on. It. I think that's the biggest thing. Obviously, like you said, we were in school for for at least a big chunk of it of of the chip days, and they were incredible. But looking, and it's easy to say in retrospect. Like at the time, it felt like oh, this is never going to end. But it wasn't sustainable. Obviously, college football caught up to the blur offense and to the, the high pace um or fast pace you know, offense and and the smaller defense that could kind of keep up with being on the field all the the whole damn game. Uh, College football caught up to that. So whether Chip had left, I think he left at the perfect time. Obviously, his career didn't really, hasn't really flourished like maybe he thought or any of us thought it could. Uh, But what Mario is building feels more sustainable. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you have to have the coaches, you have to still put in the work, obviously. But Building around defense, building around an offensive line, building around you know a solid quarterback—that uh, feels more sustainable than what at the time—and people called it what it was. It was a gimmick, and again, it was a great gimmick, and it worked swimmingly for for us, and it it, it made for some really fun memories.
0: But uh, I think bit, you saw pretty quickly. Very close once to a national title too. Like we were, we were yeah. yeah. So, Dyer was we were, down. Very close. <laughs> yeah, Dyer was down. Yeah. That that was my college uh, name last year. Uh, I think, yeah, so. you know, it's
1: just something that, yeah, it's a good name. Uh, Ertz was out, Dyer was down, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, the you know, either what's happening now is much more sustainable, and I think, I think, you don't have to look any further to see what crystal, You know, there's the recruiting classes, and the wins are stacking up. All that stuff, sure. Uh, Uh, But I I think more than anything, when you're seeing guys like Troy Dye and Herbert and Lemieux and those guys last year that came back, Throckmorton, they come back for their senior year and want to do it one last time. And then this year you have the three big guys on defense. Uh, There wasn't really anybody on offense that could have left, had the opportunity to leave and maybe get drafted, but decided to come back. But you had the three, the two DBs, and then Jordan Scott in the middle that all decided to come back Mm -hmm. as well for their senior years. I think that right there – Says more than anything about the culture. He's built like the family. His big thing is family. And I think stuff like that, when you see those kids coming back and wanting to, to you know, postpone making some money and actually come back and, and put it on the line for him again, that just shows that, that they got the right guy and, and hopefully can, can keep the, the upward trajectory going. And, you know, this year is going to be interesting. A lot of turnover on the offensive side of the ball for sure. OC quarterback and basically an entirely new offensive line mm-hmm. granted anchored by the probably best alignment in the country yet again next year but uh, so that'll be interesting hopefully not too many growing pains and hopefully they can ride that special special defense i think oregon's defense could be special next year uh even with a pretty daunting schedule so it's uh it'll be it'll be interesting but I don't know what to expect yet. We got we got some time, unfortunately, to to yeah. worry
0: about that. Yeah, it's it's just nice going into a year off a, of, you know, going into these off seasons with um some positive feeling because there was those couple of years with you know with, especially when like you said that Taggart tag leaving was a real low point, um, um that we just thought you know just we started thinking is is this program just going to become a mid league? <laughs> you just you, you start yeah. thinking the worst and, but no we've we've certainly got the yeah, and then we remember that we're we're Oregon we got we got we got some good support behind us and in world-class facilities so um yeah you know getting a good we, all we needed was a good coach and that's what crystal come in and done good coach with a good understanding of what college football culture needs to be um, yeah which is such a big part of it you know you can you can get your recruits and whatnot and and you know a lot of big teams do get good recruiting classes year after year you know usc been a shit show for a few years now and they still they still get recruits but they just they don't have the culture there quite yet and that's the big difference yep. at Oregon is that Crystal has quickly coming in and infused a culture that's um, consistent and and positive, as well as just as well as being able to get the good recruits into that and, and make them mm-hmm. make them work. So, yeah, it's positive times, which is really fun. You know, after we had those few years of chit where you just started thinking, oh, we're not going to lose at home again. You know, those lot, yeah. lot of a lot of yellow poles out the front of Watson there in that little, that, that, and then they started, yeah. then a lot of other colors started coming. and You start thinking, what the fuck's going to happen? But you know it's 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 good times again and i think it's gonna you know we can ne- we never predict the future but christopher seems to be uh a long like he wants to spend some time here and, mm-hmm. and see what he can achieve which is um perfect for us because um that means we'll keep getting the recruits and keep being a a good team and you know coming to winning national championships all, all comes down to just having that one year where everything comes together and you never know when that's going to happen but just to be thinking that it could happen any year from now on is a uh, is a great way, great place to be. So, you know, yeah. not yeah. this year, the year after that. Yes, though. yeah, yeah. Mark my words. <laughs> um, <laughs> you had a you, uh, <laughs> this still blows my mind. You had a great experience at the uh in the post game tailgate at the the Rose Bowl as well. Where yes, a very small world. Super. That was insane. I couldn't believe that.
1: Uh, uh what you'll have to remind me of the name. Uh, I, T-
0: I Tom Logan
1: i'm logan yeah uh duck fan all the way out from adelaide blew his mind when when i knew where adelaide was and had the question of crows or or power (laughs) i i think they they both him and his buddy i think both were like wait what is an american asking me this question uh yeah we hung out with them for i'd say a good hour while we let traffic die out and had Mm. some beers and uh had a had a dd ourselves it was nice we could we could stop and sip on some beers and Uh, good dudes. Him and his buddy. I can't remember his buddy's name, but, uh, yeah, definitely knew, knew their stuff about the ducks too. Traveled seemingly over for the game. Like it didn't, there wasn't like, Oh, we're over here. So let's go to this game. No, it really seemed like that was the sole reason they had come out. They did a couple other things in LA the the couple days leading up to it, but, uh, that was the reason they came out. So it was really cool to, to catch up with them. And, um, um, yeah small world what what are the chances
0: yeah they just i remember i was sitting there watching the game obviously um in my lounge room in south australia and yeah you just sending it just you know tom logan i was like wait the poor player it's just like why are you asking me this question (laughs) oh yeah just hanging out with him right now it's just yeah very very small world especially the fact that you just had the happen to come over and come to like you have literally been to a port game at adelaide oval it wasn't Mm -hmm. just that you knew of him you've been there you've you've got the colors and all that stuff and you've been, you've known of him for a fair while and yeah he's a played over 100 games support i can't remember i think 110 120 in that range which is you know that's you've got to play four or five years there to to get that range of games and he was he was there when we had probably our last real run of success in almost making a grand final and whatnot. so he was um one of those players that um was never one of the you know best players in the team but very consistent and one of those players you i was i remember not i remember when he uh, we uh, had to get rid of, we got rid of him. I can't remember if he delisted him or what. It was one of those ones where it was, I could, I was understanding that I was trying to move forward in their list management, but I was also like, this guy was a good player for the team. So I was unhappy to see him go, I guess. So, but it's good to see that he's enjoying post retirement and following the ducks, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing well. I think they went to a basketball game, I
1: think as well. And so it seemed like they're having a good time, but they were, they were nice dudes and hung out with us for a while. Um, yeah, we had a good time. It was it was fun.
0: Yeah, crazy. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It's great. Even more so was the fact that you you guys somehow were in the same area to make that connection too. As the other thing, because you know it's not like the Rose Bowl's a twenty thousand seater. There's like yeah, you know, almost hundred thousand people going to those games. So you know to somehow get some get get in the same vicinity to even make that connection is a you know one of those weird cosmic occurrences that happens sometimes. So yeah. Really cool, really cool to see my two worlds coming together there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, last but not least, obviously, we talked about um, some Premier League stuff with the implications as far as Man City go, but um, haven't had a chance to talk on air much about Liverpool um, in a positive sense because Shea just wants us to lose. So <laughs> just just to keep his one vestige of uh, invincibility with his um, Arsenal team that was last good about 15 years ago. So, um yeah it's little dig he knows it um yeah it's uh it's funny when we were we were hanging out in december it was at a time where um that premier league get it Gorda. um that yep. premier league that premier league lead was we we're we real comfortable but we it wasn't wasn't nearly what it is now i think we're only in the 10 to 12 point range um yeah, maybe we, even we, nine maybe yeah it was in that here. it was in that range where we we were in Qatar and then we weren't and then so we, it was, we had games in hand, and and winning games still obviously it's incredibly important now because we just want to keep keep this momentum going. But it, I was ner- I was a bag of nerves all of December, and probably still watching games in the way that I do when things are close and I'm stressed. I'm not actually enjoying watching the game. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> <And then> I, <laughs> I enjoy the result at the end once it's once it's locked in. Uh, I remember watching the Leicester City game on Boxing Day before I flew back here with Andrea, and I was just. I was just angry until we were about 3-0 up because I was just like, no, we're missing chances, we're missing chances and I'm not not really appreciating how good we're playing in that lead up even though I know we are, it's just I'm so nervous. But now I've got a 22-point lead, um, games in hand all played and everything's equal and the biggest lead in Premier League history and I'm still uh, a bit flabbergasted by it. I didn't think that we'd be ever in this position, ever. Like I thought we'd win a title at some point but didn't think it would be this... And in I'm this not, fashion, I'm, I'm not going to wood, but this easy at this stage because, um, yeah, City have really uh, obviously the, fight, the the penalty that's been levied against them today, completely separate to this, but they've just ha- they've imploded a little bit this year. They haven't been; ter- they're still in second. Like, and I don't know if it's um, there's been a lot of stuff said about oh, it's a bad year for the Premier League, but there's, then there's some statisticians that come out and said, well, the average points total for second and third this year is consistent with the average points total of second, third, and fourth. In previous years, yeah. it's just Liverpool's points title is so much better than everyone else's. So the Premier League's actually more or less what it's been. It's just Liverpool are actually just that much better this year. And they haven't. Liverpool haven't been creaming every game 5-0. They had a run at the start of the year where they are winning 2-1, 1-0. It's just they're defensively really good and, and they're scoring the goals that they need to win and staying in the game. They've scored a lot of late goals, which is a testament to their fitness and tenacity. And that's what you need to win titles. Titles aren't always 1-5-0 every week because then that would be a... a a slight in the Premier League that they're winning that easy. They're having to tough some games out, which is a testament to the Premier League and a testament to Liverpool as well. Yeah, I mean to go
1: back to your your you know when you were here, there was like a nice lead, I believe, and last Christmas, Christmas of twenty eighteen, a similar lead. I feel like I mean they played right there around Boxing Day, and and Man City took it, I believe, and so that's kind of when the the tide first started turn. But at that point, yeah, you can't feel comfortable. Uh, especially I know, you know, I haven't had as many years of the, the ups and downs and followed heavily by the downs Mm -hmm. or the disappointments. Uh, but I've been an Oregon or a Blazers fan my whole life. So I I know I get it. You can't ever feel comfortable. Things are never as good as they seem. It feels like so, uh, so yeah, I, I would agree. It took a while to finally feel like, man, at this point it would have to be complete catastrophe and, uh you know, until, until that, until the mathematical probability is at a hundred percent, you still have that inkling of fear, but, uh, it feels pretty, pretty solid at this point. I mean, it is, it's, it's amazing what they've done and the fact that they've really, for the most part, maintained, uh, the other, you know, the other competitions they're a part of as well. Uh, That's kind of the biggest thing. It'd be one thing, uh, and it's still an amazing feat obviously it doesn't no matter how you chalk it up but the fact that they're still progressing in champions league they're still alive in the fa cup with the kids ro- rolling out there and, yeah. and and taking a game even against a lower team it doesn't matter at that point well they um, did they
0: did it against everton too so <laughs> exactly and if yeah. it weren't
1: for a major um a major roster shuffling uh in the in the other domestic cup uh, you know that that was another that was a squad of U twenty threes that went out and, and kinda got handled in that game, uh, while the while the ones were, if you will, were over uh, winning the, the World Club World Cup. So yeah uh, it's been a wild year already and seemingly only gonna continue to get better and uh, it is funny like you don't want to get greedy, but it is they're still playing for something pretty substantial, even with a big point lead, there's still that piece of history which may or may not be as important to players and 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 you know people that are actually on the ground doing it. Obviously, uh, the titles first and worrying about those other like historical notes, footnotes, if you will, mm. uh, come come second. But it is still something to play for, and it does make each game exciting uh, because otherwise, that you know, it, it would be kind of a an anticlimactic if you could say that for the rest of not for Liverpool fame, but for yeah. the rest of the. Rest of kind of in bystanders or just you know not interested parties that that gives us it allows some intrigue still as well with, within the Premier League.
0: Yeah, well, I think these these players certainly. Um, I mean, that they're, they're all saying the titles, or you know, we they're not even talking about it yet. They're just saying, yeah, we want it, but we want it. We need to keep going. We need to keep this momentum. All the things that play, athletes say because they're professionals, so they know what to do. But um, there is, I think, there'd be some they'd also i think they know they're one of the best teams in the world right now the best team in the world they've been at that level for 2 years now cuz 97 points nice. and winning the champions league is in any other year you've won that you've won the double yep. um and they've had you know the third best points total in premier league history and not won it so they've known that now for 2 years they've been consistently one of the best teams um you know they've got the second longest winning streak ever in premier league like you know just chasing down arsenals um now i think so they i think they want there's a part of all of them that probably knows that they're one of the best teams and they like to be recognized as that too so breaking yep. some records even if you know they can lose a game and still get the best premier league points record because i think they're on track still for 112 points um you know city's record from a couple of years ago is 100 or 101 points so they're well on track to break that record so you know knock on wood just want the just want i've always said that, i just want the title anyway it comes Um, but if it comes with some records, that'll be perfect for the recognition that this team deserves as one of the, not just a title winner, but one of the best title winners the premier leagues had. And, um, yeah, really to, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to finally win the league after 30 years, you might as well smash it really. So,
1: yep. Yeah. A lot of, (laughs) it's a lot of years of built up points right there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I didn't realize that they're already two, already two wins shy of, of Arsenal's, you know. I won't even say the word of Arsenal's good year. Yeah. Um so that's crazy. Yeah. Fifteen goals allowed this year in the Premier League. That's just twenty five games. That's insane. Yeah. And so it, like you said, it's not necessarily just just banging a bunch of goals away. There it's it's both ends. Um obviously they have contenders for the best best few players in their positions along that back line and and, and keeper. So uh it's it's definitely a complete team and it's as long as I've been watching football, it's, you know, it's the best team I've ever seen. I think so. It's been it's been a fun ride, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Allison's um, either tied at the top or he's already um, a game clear of um, the Golden Glove award. And he's play, he was injured for the first two months of the season, so that kind of shows just how good our defense has been. He's been a, he's a great keeper, um, and he's made some great saves. But it's also you know when you're not allowing that many goals, it's um, usually it's a unit thing, and it's. It's, uh, you know, Virgil van Dijk's obviously the best defender in the world, so that he's a big part of that. But then it's, um, you know, it's guys like, you know, we get a lot of help from, because it's the team, the way it's set up, you know. You see Mane and Salah, people don't give them the respect they deserve for how much they track back sometimes. Firmino's often back yeah. in midfield, um, you know, tying up loose balls there. And obviously Henderson and Fabinho, or Fabinho's been injured for a bit, but Henderson's uh, getting the respect he's probably... Um, been he's been disrespected a lot uh, frankly in past years mm-hmm. by fan, fans and other fans alike um and now people are saying whether he's whether he does win it or not but people are at least saying he's he should be talked about in the pfa player of the year yeah. awards so you know that's recognition of how how great he is um he's voted england's best player uh last year as well so um you know he's beaten the likes of harry kane and whatnot so you know it's no small feat to be named that and you know he's, he's winning trophies now he's got three trophies as a liverpool captain um this year and uh, and you know, if he wins the premier league trophy that will be um gerard certainly deserved it and just the years that gerard was at his best was a few years of turmoil for liverpool unfortunately with ownership and whatnot and um a few and then obviously i'm not going to mention the back in 2014 and i know gerard still has <laughs> issues about that wow.
1: so shaking my head <laughs> yeah
0: um yeah but you know he will do something that gerard couldn't do and um and that's like i said it's no slight against gerard it's just it will be on henderson's record as easily the first captain to win the premier league as it's named now. Um, and a 19th first division title. So, you know, he's, he's getting the respect and he's, uh, he's certainly putting in the performances to deserve it too. He's, he's just a monster out there. He's, um, whether it be, you know, when Fabinho was out, he dropped back into the sixth role a bit more and it was, um, but now that Fabinho's back, he's been popped back up front and he's, um, he scored a goal the, the last game or two. So, you know, and a really good goal and he's set and he's assisting a few and he's just an amazing player. Um, yeah. yeah. I certainly probably gave him shit in the past, but that was probably more a reflection of my frustrations as Liverpool as a whole and because he was the cat you know, he was the captain, it's often you just you you focus on those guys that are putting in the work but not getting the results sometimes because the rest of the team just isn't that good. But yeah, he's certainly proving that this team is the best team in the world and he's one of our best players, which shows the level that he's always known he's had and he's putting in for us now. So yeah.
1: It yeah, it shows, too, like the plug-and-play, plug, like you mentioned, a few guys have been knocked up throughout the year and missing time here and there. And, and it just shows to the system and the culture. We go back to that word, the culture that Klopp has built, that they're plugging in, obviously, again, because of the system they've built and the, the draw to want to come play here and play under his system. They're plugging guys in and not missing a beat. And I think that is, again, a really good sign of where the program is at and where the, the club is at. Because uh, it doesn't, to a ex- certain extent, obviously you always want at least a good chunk of the core in there. But it doesn't matter who mm-hmm. who comes in, whether it's a Rigi or Lalana or anybody that gets some gets some minutes here, or there, even some of the kids in, in some of the cup matches and things. Uh, that they all come in, they know the system, they they play it the right way, and, and obviously it's it's working wonders. So uh, it's impressive feat what he's done himself as well. Not you know obviously on the pitch, but the guys the guys are doing is is one thing, but what Klopp's been able to build. I still go back. I, I, it pops up in time hop every year where one of my buddies here uh, in the states sent me a. The, it's like a plane with Jurgen's face on it, like flying into Liverpool. Like it's happening when he first got yeah. signed, and little did we know. Obviously, it was an exciting time, and you knew that was a great move for the club, and that big things were coming. But I, I don't know that anyone would have predicted this this quickly, even only been what three and a half years four years since he got here yeah it's uh, a,
0: it was uh so he arrived 2015 it was um four years back in october so he's been you know I would be four and yeah. a half years by the end of the season um he said he'd win the. he said he'd win it in four years um not like it like a cocky thing he just said oh i, I hope that's my ambition um it's what it takes yeah and uh yeah i i, I expected I, just because i i respected him well as a coach with his and his time at Mites. you know he took a team that had never been in the first division that had was exe- essentially a semi-pro team. It wasn't even fully professional mm-hmm. in the, how their facilities were. He took them from second division up to the Bundesliga, where they still sit at the moment. They're, they're a low-lier in the Bundesliga, but they, they, they're they still up there, and they, he completely changed the culture there. Then he went to Dortmund and um, took a team that had a bit, some major financial troubles in the mid-2000s, um, transformed the culture there, won them two Bundesliga titles, which is the only outlier, and then since then... Bayern Munich have won every year since and and he he, he took them very close to a Champions League title there too you know that that was against Bayern Munich and a game that was won late so it's it's not he was he transforms cultures wherever he goes and it's just part of his personality it's not like he goes in there and says yeah I'm Jurgen Klopp he goes in there and says no this is what I believe in he doesn't he believes in something that's he's a very he said he says it himself and know, not to bring politics into it, but he says he's a he's a left wing guy and wants he he says if I'm doing well, I want everyone to do well, and he kind of that mindset is how he looks at football. I've heard interviews with him before that he says every time he gets a player in, he wants to get to know the player because he doesn't want to doesn't want to force a player into the system. He wants to understand the player and then understand work out how that player can fit into the system. Yeah, and you know, because this this team is full of all sorts of different personalities um but every single one of them works cuz i think Jurgen's taken the time to get to know them and work out how to get through to them and work, and use their strengths to the benefit of the team and that's that's football that's um you know whether it be you know we're talking about crystal ball before with oregon um you know baseball's the same even though baseball's a lot more individu- individual as far as when you're out in the out in the mound and whatever it's it's still everyone there's culture and understanding between people to make things work and wherever you are so yeah Jurgen's done a great job of that so um yep. yeah you would, it's just, it, brought up, it is Valentine's Day today, so if, I, I, I assume, have you got plans with Brittany after?
1: We don't, uh, we're actually going to Winterhawks game tonight. Oh, nice. Uh, with the family. Not a not a big celebration for that one in this household. Yeah, and I mean, Andrea uh, I
0: kind of say happy Valentine's Day, and it's, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna spend time together when I go over a visit in April, so, you know, this, it's we just said, you know, but I did send her some, you know, you get those, those Funny Valentine's things where it's just like a quote and then to and from. Yeah, there were some good football ones, and you you talked about people that are you know malleable to positions, and it just reminded. I sent a one that was James Milner's face, and it said, "Whatever position you want this Valentine's Day, I'll make it work."
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I like
0: yeah. that. There was a couple of other the, the other one that I loved was Phil Jones's face, and it said, "Thank you for keeping me around, even though I'm useless and weird." So. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. oh, that's good. <laughs> there was a few that's more. Good. There was a few more darker ones like uh Ryan Giggs. I'd break up two families to be with you. So, Ooh. um <laughs> which Ooh. I, which I, I love that one. But that's just because I think Ryan Giggs is a piece of shit. But yeah, yeah. truth hurts, right? <laughs> yeah, um yeah. So that, that just your comment about that reminded me that James Milner one was particularly good. So, yeah, I think there was a Trent Alexander Arnold one, which was something like if you don't have any Valentine's Day, this, any plans this Valentine's Day that allowed me to assist. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lots of good, lots of good stuff on the socials with Valentine's Day and sports. But yeah, um, I have got cricket to get ready for, um, which um, basically just means I get my get my whites on and hope I don't drop a catch and <laughs> just pray pray that the day doesn't go horribly and I can enjoy a beer after without feeling bad about myself. Which is cricket. I don't. I haven't realised how much it is it's just about just trying not to fuck up. But. <laughs> <laughs> Um, don't be the goat and not in the not in the good way yeah <laughs> yeah no, and uh, I think I said to you off air before that I dropped a guy uh, he he was on about 30 last week and then he ended up making 140 and it was essentially the difference between us winning and losing so yeah I'm <laughs> gonna try and not have that happen this week I might just avoid avoid all responsibilities on the field no <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but yeah wave it might, off wave yeah. it off yeah <laughs> uh, you got a winner a Hawks game to go to so that'll be fun
1: yeah yeah I haven't been to one this year so uh they're they're killing it too obviously it's minor ju- major junior hockey so not a really a big deal even here but uh they're they're killing it one of the better teams in the whole uh set of leagues that that, that have their big cup so mm. fun fun stuff they should have a nice deep run in the playoffs this year so
0: yeah no, that'd be good to see it's well, good for at least one portland team is winning yeah <laughs> Yeah, no. I was going to get into NBA, but I thought we'd run out of time, and then we can leave that for another time. It's All Star Yeah, I'm in out. a good
1: mood. I don't really want to talk about the yeah. players anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, we can leave that for when we're in a darker place and have some beers. Yeah. <laughs> <There> <laughs> all right. Go. Oh, it was good to have you on the pod again. We'll try to do it. Um, yeah, try to do it um, every week or two um, at least, offset it with shit yep. or whatever. But yeah, no, good to get you back on again. And yeah, good until, to be back. Yeah. Until next time, stay sportsgasmic. Cheers.